Pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Hunger for some pizza now? Yeah, that's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha. Hey there, folks. Thanks for tuning in to Tell Me a Story. Today, we're going to tickle your funny bone a little bit. The latest in Hawaii's long line of stellar stand-up comedians is a former UH football player. His name is Tumua Tuine. I sat down with Tumua before his sold-out shows at the Blaisdell Arena to find out what makes this TikTok sensation tick. I know you're a comedian. I know you played football for the University of Hawaii. You went to Punahou School. But just give me a, a Cliff's Notes version of who you are. Um, my name is uh, Tumua Tuine, and... Uh... I'm a comedian, you know, I'm a stand-up comedian here in Hawaii, and I never thought that I was going to be a comedian. I always wanted to be a football player because um, football runs deep in my family. I come from a big, big football family. My dad and my uncle both played in the NFL. My dad is Tom Tweene, my uncle is Mark Tweene, and um, I just never get their height, you know. They're 6'5", me, I'm 5'8", still waiting for my growth spurt. Hopefully it comes next week, Thursday, you know. But um, it's funny because on the, on the route to becoming a professional football player in my eyes I became a comedian I went to the University of Hawaii because of football you know I wanted to follow in my dad's footsteps and play in front of my family and friends but while there I took a stand-up comedy class and I just took it just for fun just to fill up my you know my my, my classes and to get the easy A I seen it in the class description I'm like stand-up comedy you know okay I'll, I'll try it did it ended up falling in love with it um, for our final presentation we got to perform live 10 minutes in front of an actual audience and i remember it was like like it was yesterday and the whole football team came down and and it, it was amazing i killed it and i haven't stopped since just kept going back kept going back and it's been about five years and uh it's crazy how a full circle of me you know thinking football is my life football is this football that boom found comedy and now i have a new passion and a new sport i would like to say because i sweat on stage i actually play more on stage than i did at uh so, <laughs> you know. Okay, you know if we drive clutch. Clutch. You know if we drive standard. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, let's go. You want an extra brake? No, it's not the brake, that's the clutch. Oh, oh my oh. goodness. You sure you don't have to drive? Yeah, I know. Huh? Press the clutch. I, yeah, it's on a press. Start the car all over. I, I read that you said you sweat on stage. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, I, I, I think it's the lights, but I like to show, you know, my fans that I put it in the work, you know, making them feel good. What do you think you're, you're more of? Or do you think yourself more of a skit comedian or uh, a script comedian? What, what are you more of? Or is it equal balance? Um, I would say, uh, well, I don't know what a script comedian is, but, but um, I would say I, I would call myself a stand-up comedian just because uh people didn't know that I, I did stand-up you know but but uh a lot of people don't know this but I actually did stand-up comedy before skits you know so uh I, like people know me for my Instagram skits my my videos on YouTube or TikTok but that was all after I became a, a stand-up comedian because I never really wanted to, to be like that I didn't want to be an Instagram comedian but nothing wrong with that because I have a lot of friends that that do that and, and I do that as well now but the only reason why I started doing videos and, and all these these characters that people see and know me for is because of the pandemic, 
because everything was shut down during uh, March of 2020. I had a monthly show at the uh, Honey's Restaurant at Colau Golf Course. I would perform there every second Fridays, and that got shut down. All these small gigs got shut down. So I was thinking to myself, like, what am I going to do? Am I just going to stay home and not do nothing, or am I going to be positive about this? So someone was like, you should put some some funny videos out. And I was like, nah, I don't want to. And they're like, no, come on, you got to do it. You're not, like, nothing's happening right now. So I put up this, like, toilet paper video. Um, I think I was impersonating uh, a drug dealer, but dealing um, toilet paper because that was a hot thing at the time, you know? So I filmed it with me and my dad. My dad was one of the customers buying from me. Are you a cop? A cop? What do you mean a cop? Come on, you got anything? I got a big doodle. Look, I got Kirkland for 10, okay? Scott for 20, make your choice. Ah, give me the three Kirklands. 30. Yeah, here you go, yeah. I put that up and it went viral. It actually went on the news that day. And I was like, oh, this is what the local people want. They want this, so. I kept pumping out videos and videos and videos. And I pretty much just portrayed that everyday local character that people know. Like, I want people to watch my videos and be like, I know that guy. You know, he reminds me of my dad. He reminds me of my brother. Oh, I just ran into that guy at Home Depot yesterday, you know. So uh, I do that. And everything pushes it to my stand-up because they see my videos. They share my videos. My social media following blew up. And then they see that I have a show coming up. They're like, oh, he does stand-up too. I want to see his stand-up. So it's great marketing. You know, that's my two sides of comedy. There's the, the skits and then the stand-up. But everything I push is to the stand-up because nothing can beat a live audience and a live interaction and just a great moment of, of laughter, you know? Tell me this. What does it feel like when you stand on stage and you deliver something and you know in your heart that it's a killer, but the people don't laugh? Uh, shoot. Well, I mean... I, I mean, I, I bombed before, you know, all of the great comedians bombed, but uh, it, it, it feels, it feels, it kind of hurts, but you know, it, it, um, it helps you grow, you know, but I've gotten to a point, I've been doing stand up for about five years now. And like, if, if a joke doesn't go well, I know how to recover from that, you know, but it's like, comedy is like jazz, you know, you never know what you're going to expect. I mean, you, you can have jokes that you pre-written before, but you don't know if they're going to laugh because you don't know how the audience is feeling. So the more years you do it, you know, even now I'm still learning, you know, the more years you do it, the more you understand what kind of audience is out there. Maybe they don't like these, this type of material or this topic or they're sensitive, you know? So I'd say after a while, you know how to, you know how to recover. There's different routes to, to, to recover if a, a joke doesn't land, you know, but it's a horrible feeling, you know, but it also motivates you to keep going and try again, you know? Do you debrief yourself after a show? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I record all my sets. So uh, I like to compare it to uh, how I prepared in football. You know, like if you're preparing for a big game, you'd go, um, you have practices, right? And you'd film your practices, uh, you watch film, same like comedy. If you have a big show coming up, you go to these smaller clubs, these smaller places, test out the material, test out these jokes that you have, test out these topics. And I record all my sets and after I, I, I perform it, you know, I listen to it or I watch it and I see, you know, okay, this part, they laughed more than this, or maybe I'll try it this way the next time, you know? So, I mean, everything's, everything's a room for improvement. Bro, bro, what, what, what you doing? What is that? It's a plunger. What, what, how long have you been playing at this? See me, I had 76 years experience. You understand? My grandpa and my great grandpa was all plumbers. All that, all that passed down to me. Yeah, you watching now? Watching. You watching? You go like this and you just keep. 
Look at that. Do all the plunging. Okay, we gotta get in the back. So we gotta move all this stuff. Ooh. Well, your material, you get it a lot from your, your own experience. Of course, that's every great comic does that. But yeah. um, are you always looking or does it just happen? Uh, always looking. You know, I always have like <laughs> a lot of people come up to me and say, oh, you should you should use this on stage. You should do that. Or or just random people I meet in public, you know, like I'll be having an interaction with them. And then they always tell me, oh, bro, you better not talk about me on stage, you know. But it's like, oh, I promise, I, no one knows you who you are. I'm not going to talk about you, you know, but it's, it's fun. But, um, yeah, I'm always looking. I'm always, always trying to find material. Um, a lot of comics say it's just your experience in life. So go out, travel, do things that you don't normally do just so you can have something to talk about, you know. You have a, a really good relationship with a local audience is why you sell out shows. And you mm -hmm. you sold out, I think, your first show at the Blaisdell, right? And you still got a few tickets left for the second show. To yep. know that you can sell out an arena, how does that make you feel? Oh, it's 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 amazing. You know, I'm I'm speechless because uh, that's always been my dream to perform in that arena. I mean, last year I did the the Blaisdell Concert Hall, which is the the theater version of the Blaisdell, and that was an awesome experience as well. I did three sold out shows, and then this year it's just like the arena you know like i mean all the greats performed there i mean elvis performed there you know so just to be in that room in that venue and seeing it packed with with all my fans is, is such a such an you know humbling experience and i mean i'm so grateful and and thankful and i thank god every day for for providing me with this this gift and this ability to to make people laugh the first time that you drove by that digital sign outside the blaze and you saw your name on it how'd you feel ah uh, shoot I mean, it reminded me of me when I was a kid and I would see see like who's playing or even um, like Joe Coy. I'm a big Joe Coy fan. So I would always, always see, this is when I was first getting into comedy about about five years ago. I'd see all the comics on there. I mean, Gabriel Iglesias, you know, and then now to see me there and just to see being that same lineup as them is, 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 I don't know. Like I said, I'm speechless, you know, it's almost like I'm in a dream, but um, I'm happy, you know, I'm blessed and I just gotta give the people what they want. I'm taking your show on the road. You just did a big tour on the mainland, right? And you had, yeah. how was the, how were those crowds? Because not everybody's local. Right, right. Well, I mean, it was, right? A, it was an awesome, great experience. I mean, we hit mostly the uh, the local mainland spots. So majority of the West Coast and also a, a few other spots like Utah. I mean, Vegas as well. That's the ninth island. But uh You'd be surprised if, if you came to one of the mainland shows, majority of it is all local people. I, I was surprised at how much how much Hawaii people live in the mainland. And I mean, it makes sense now that, you know, home prices is, is outrageous and just the cost of living here in Hawaii is 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 so high right now. But um, it, it's great because they, they, they miss home, you know, they miss Hawaii. So for them to have a local comedian to come up there, talk about Hawaii things a little bit, you know, I have to change up my material just just a tad because, um, like you said, not all of them is all local people. They would bring some of their mainland friends or people who didn't know who I was, and that's awesome because I'm trying to grow my my following. But um, yeah, it, I mean, it felt it felt like a normal Hawaii show to me. A lot of people ask me like, "Oh, did you have to change? Did you have to change up your material? Or are they gonna understand? Are they gonna understand pigeon?" But you know, funny is funny, you know. And and this one comedian told me, "Don't think what the audience is." going to get or not get 
just tell the jokes that you want to tell because tell what Tumor thinks is funny because that's what they want to see. They want to see your humor. They want to see Tumor's humor. Want to know what he thinks is funny and they'll just adapt and follow. How long have you been playing? Um, since I was a small kid, mostly down Wayward side. Oh, I play. okay. Like Bayview. No, no, not Bayview. Polly. No, no, the, the, the glow in the dark one. Oh, at, at the mall. The mall, yeah, yeah. Mini putt. Mini, yeah, yeah. Oh. When you do the when you do the pick on somebody kind of jokes. Who do you yeah. who do you gravitate toward? Um, like when I talk to people in the crowd, yeah. I, so that that's called it's called crowd work, and um, I just I do that a lot in my shows. You know, it's very spontaneous, and and I just like to mostly the first few roles that I can see with the light. And uh, local people, they they they're okay with it. You know, they they're not like they're a fun crowd. They're not going to be like, oh, why this guy teasing me? I like meet him in the parking lot, but um. <laughs> Maybe some people, but that never happened with me yet. But you know, all these all these shows and and especially local people, they're very they're very fun. I mean, I tell this a lot that Hawaii is the only place where we can make fun of a bunch of races and not get in trouble because that's that's local humor. You know, you cannot do that in Wyoming and talk about you know the Japanese people or, or make a funny accent. I mean, maybe back in the day, like seventies or eighties, you can do that, but now it's it's considered like borderline racist and you can get canceled. But but in Hawaii, you know, it, it's fine. You know, everyone laughs. People get offended if you don't talk about their race in Hawaii. You know, so that, that's what, what makes Hawaii so unique. And I try to just, you know, share that Hawaii humor out in the mainland and just tell them how we how we do things over here. But but they have fun. Every time I pick on people in the crowd, it, it's a great experience. They, they want the attention, you know, so it's good to, to talk with them. What is your, your, your big overarching goal? If you um, say, man, I want to, I want to be here in five years. This is where I want to be. In what is it for you? Probably like a big, uh, special, big comedy special on a, on a well-known network, whether it's Netflix, HBO or Showtime or, or whatever, whatever, whatever is out there. You know, I mean, that's always the goal also just to, um, to get in more in, in, in acting. Uh, I did a, I did a small scene in NCIS Hawaii. I had uh, my first speaking role on a, on our, um, I guess the big screen, it was a national broadcasted, but uh, I had about 10 lines, but uh, yeah, I would love to get into acting more. And, um, but I really want to get a, a special somewhere to sign with someone and, um, and go from there. But each year, hopefully the shows get bigger and bigger and the tour gets bigger as well, performing at more cities that I never hit yet and just growing my audience. When you perform on stage, you say you can you really see the first few rows because the rest of the house is darker, yeah? Uh, has there ever been a time when you looked out in that audience in that first four rows and you saw a face and you went, oh my gosh, that person is here watching me? Um, maybe in, when I first started doing comedy, in my first year or two in, uh, I would have a lot of family members that would come. Uh, I actually performed better when my family members were not there for some reason when I first started because it's like, because they didn't know, like, Cause I was, I grew up a, a shy guy, you know, a quiet guy. So when they all found out that I was a comedian, it, they honestly never believed my family. So they decided to force them to come out to the show. Like, what? Tumor does comedy? He was so quiet back in the day, you know. So I mean, I got over it after a while, you know. But now that I like portray this image, a comedian, a guy who makes people laugh, I just, you know, I, I'm not not shame anymore. But uh, yeah, that is funny that you mentioned that. I would see like my auntie or my uncle in like the second row, you know, 
because it's, it's tough making family members laugh because they don't like laugh like okay let's see if this guy is really funny you know <laughs> i think it's better performing in front of strangers that's right opinion. family is the toughest audience for anything yeah. believe yeah. me <laughs> yeah um what about celebrities have you had anybody in your audience that you would consider to be a celebrity um yeah uh, i would say um I guess my last big celebrity, Manti Tail, came to one of my shows. Uh, he's always been a, an idol of mine, just being a football player. Went to Punahou. So I was in a Utah show. He came. And um, just a bunch of, you know, local musicians. Josh yeah. Satofi, Roman from Kolohikai, Kimie, Paulo Fuga. I mean, all the, lo the local celebrities all come out to the shows. But uh, what, about man, fellow, cool. what about fellow yeah. comics? Fellow comics, um, yeah, um, Andy Bumatai, I mean, Augie T, uh, Frank DeLima as well. All these guys that I, I looked up to, you know, they all see me perform. Um, I actually performed with them as well when I first started. And uh, they, they've always been my, my idols growing up too. And just to, uh, you know, be on the same stage with them and just to talk story and just to like talk talk comedy with them is, is, is such an, a crazy thing, you know, because I grew up watching these guys, you know. That's amazing. Um, the first time that you were out there and you, and you you actually introduced yourself to somebody as a I'm a stand up comic and it really rolled off your tongue and it felt natural. Did that did that take a while? Um, not really. I mean, uh, I would just say a comedian. I'm a comedian. You know, um, even when I first started, I would I would tell myself that I'm a comedian, even though I worked the uh, other jobs as well. I was balancing both, but now I just do, do comedy full time. But uh, yeah, it's a great, great profession, you know. People, people, they want a comedian. Like if someone who didn't even know me as well, like you know, you're a comedian. Like what do you mean, you know? But uh, it, it's great. I feel like comedy is getting more popular now, you know. And I'm seeing. I think it's a comedy boom right now worldwide. So um, it's cool to tell people I'm a, I'm a comedian. Yeah. Do you make yourself laugh, Tamu? Yeah, I do. I mean, <laughs> it's uh, after I, I I post a video or after I edit a video, I, I would watch it like 50 or a hundred times. Just, I don't know. I just like, I like, I like watching it. And then I just stopped watching it. But, um, my standup, it's hard for me to watch my, my standup myself because, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I guess I'm hard on myself. I'd be like, Oh, I shouldn't have said this or I, sh I did this mannerism a wrong way or whatever. Just like watching film with football. You don't want to watch yourself when you mess up, you know, even though to someone else, it may seem like, Oh, he's perfectly fine, but I would I would find something that I don't like. So it's hard for me to watch my stand-up again, but my my Instagram skits and my my sketches, I like I like to watch them. You you you're working on new material every day, you say, huh? Yeah, I mean it's a ongoing process, just things that I experience, um or just I try to Think of something common and relatable to local people that they would experience every day and, and just talk about that. That's a wrap for this podcast. Mahalo to show producer and editor extraordinaire Davis Pittner. I'm Jim Mendoza. See you next time for another Tell Me a Story.